Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Hallelujah. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Praise the Lord. Happy New Year, everyone. It's a glorious year for all of us. I mean, because we are the ones that determine the fruitfulness and prosperity of the year. The year is plain. It is what you write on it that it becomes. And let me tell you something, child of God. In the, in the program of the new creation, everything is deliberate. Everything is intentional. You don't leave things to chance. You know, everything is intentional. You know, you create your world with your words. You create your world with your words. You know, and one of those scenarios we see is when David was about to fight Goliath. I tell you the truth, one of the things that propelled David to deal with Goliath was the first statement he made. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that has the temerity to defile the army of the Lord? So which means that David knew himself. David knew his identity. And so because of that, he did not allow the enemy to mess him up. And so he he told Saul, I'm going to deal with this guy because I know who I am. And so if you know who you are, you don't wait for the year to determine what happens for you. You are the one that writes the things that you want to happen. Hallelujah. You are the one that says, this year I'm going to prosper in this area. This year I'm going to succeed. This year I'm going to invest here. This year I'm going to excel in this area. This year I'm going to have this baby. This year I'm going to do this. This year I'm going to have this certification. This year I'm going to have this degree. This year I'm going to, you know, I, I earn 10,000 naira now. By the end of the year, I am going to earn 100,000 naira. That is the way the new creation is programmed. The new creation is not programmed to live by chance. The Bible says that he has given us all things that pertains to life and to godliness. So please, in the name of the Lord, let's stop following the philosophies of men. Let's stop following the philosophies of men. We follow the philosophies of men for a long time. Let's follow the philosophy of the scriptures. Let's follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, you will realize that Jesus was not a conventional man. He was a man of many parts. Praise God. You couldn't, you know, you cannot just predict him. He was like the wind. He, he does things extraordinary. He, he wasn't leaving things to chance. He was just in control of his world. So I don't want you to say, ah, 2022 has come. It's my year of this. It's my year of that. That is good, but you need to also make sure that you are the one in control, in full control. Not just, you know, it's like driving a car. There's a lesson I will never forget. The, the young man who, 
who taught me how to drive, told me something I will never forget. He said, remember that the car, you are the one controlling it. It's not the car controlling you. You are the one controlling the car. And he, he told me something. He said, if you realize that you are losing control of the car, what you need to do is to hold your brakes. And that has helped me several times. There was a time I was about to have a very bad accident. And immediately I held my brakes. The car came to a, a halt, came to a standstill. The same way, the year you are in control, see the year as the car that you are driving. No car has the capacity to drive itself except for the new cars that they are releasing now that are computerized. But if the car is not computerized, you are the one that is controlling the car. Likewise, you are the one controlling the year. So please, in the name of the Lord, control this year. 2021 is gone. It's now time for you to control the year, 2022. Praise God. We belong to a commission, and they have given us a team to run with in 2022. And the team is Focus on Christ for Anointing for Increase. Say that with me. Say, Focus on Christ for Anointing for Increase. Praise God. So if you notice, all the teams have been focused on Christ, focused on Christ, focused on Christ. And by the grace of God, we are going to be focusing on Christ in everything that we do. Praise God. I, I, you know, I've been in this, in this frequency for a long time. And I have always said, let's study the lifestyle of Jesus. Let's go and understand what Jesus Christ said concerning a lot of things. The truth of the deal is this. If you follow Jesus, you will not miss the mark. The Bible says... We should look unto Jesus. He's the author. What does author mean? Author is initiator. It's like the word father. The word father is from the word source. Somebody who gives. So that's the way an author. An author is the writer, the producer, the creator, the initiator. So when the Bible says look unto Jesus, he's the initiator eh, of your faith. Is the initiator of your faith. So if you look unto him, you will never miss the mark. So our focus this year is to look on Christ perpetually. I've told um, For Real Academy to come up with a curriculum for the transformation program. And the transformation program will deal on Jesus. Jesus is powerful. We'll deal on Jesus. We'll just follow Jesus. It's what he says that we do. We follow him. We don't follow any man. We follow Jesus Christ straight. And Jesus applies everywhere. Applies everywhere. You go to Kaduna, Jesus applies. You go to America, Jesus applies. You go to Australia, Jesus applies. I was telling somebody the other day, I said Christianity is the same everywhere. The Bible is the same everywhere. It's the same thing. It's the same Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, we'll focus on Christ, and by the grace of God, there will be anointing for increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
I'm going to teach on something next week. Please don't miss next week, whether you are online or offline, don't miss next week. I'm going to teach on something I have titled Investments next week. It's a powerful teaching that I have taken time to put together that God has blessed me with so strongly. And um, I'm going to be sharing with you next week on investments. It's something that we set the tone for this year, 2022. But for this morning, I'm just going to read out a few things that the Lord spoke to me about or impressed in my spirit to tell you. Then after that, I will read what I read during the crossover, sorry, the end of year service for those of us that were not here. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Wow, 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 wow. There is a new move of the spirit in town. And 2022 would not be exceptional. God does things based on timing. And this 2022 is going to release his power. Power. I tell you the truth. There's, there's tremendous supply of power of the anointing of God. If you are in business, God is going to make you so prosper that you will be a champion in that area. If you are in entertainment, the level of anointing that is going to release on you, you will be a champion in that area. If you are in ministry, likewise, there's going to be an, you know, a very strong measure of God's grace upon you. And as long as you open up your heart and your spirit, you are going to also excel in that area. If you are in the academics, whatever you are as a believer, God has released a very tremendous amount of grace and anointing in this place and also across board. As you open up your heart, you will see yourself doing stuff. That stuff you, didn't, you, couldn't, you thought you couldn't do it before. That's the truth. And the scriptural records that as they excel and do all of these things, they shall not break their ranks. You know, after the service, you know, on Friday, yesterday, I was about to take a nap, and I said, let me call this man of God. I, there's, a, there's a man of God that is very close to me. And I, I gave him a call, and um, we, we were talking. He said, are you aware that I do broadcast on, on, on um, Facebook daily. I said, oh, well, I'm not aware. Where, are you doing it through your handle, Facebook? He said, he not gave me the name of the handle he used. I said, well, I said, great. He said, God told me, this were, this were his words. He said, God told me to tell people or his people to return to him. So when he said that, and I said, it kind of resonates with what God told me on the 31st. I went on my knees to say, Father, what would you have me to say to your people? And God told me, he said, let my people know me. Let them know me. Let them know me. Let the focus be on me, not on the things that happen in the environment. And all. Let the attention, let the searchlight be on me. And we started sharing together. As we're sharing together, and we're talking about how a lot of people have lost focus. The focus is more about mundane things, about even when people pray with the kind of energy that they pray. They are praying for their life to settle. Something that Jesus has already settled. There's a lot of shortcuts. 
If you look at it, the temptation of Jesus were three, right? The first temptation of Jesus, there were three. Number one is about identity, you know, identity. Jesus was tempted for his identity. Number two is about shortcuts. Shortcuts. Devil said, all of this kingdom I'll give to you. Just bow down now and everything will be sorted. People don't want to get to the source. They are more interested in getting it now, now, now. So you see churches where pastors are paid to pray for people. And so you see churches where pastors are paid to fast for people. Nobody wants to go and fast by himself or connect to God by himself in this end time. And the third one is about false doctrine because the devil told him, he said, if you fall down, Angels, that's what the word says. Angels will quickly hold you. And Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. False doctrine. False doctrine. So we, we, we shared and, and he told me something. He said, why is it that our, he used the word, he said, why is it that our senior brothers, he was referring to obviously maybe some elders in the faith, didn't tell us some of these things. And I said, I don't know, maybe, maybe because this message is not popular. That's what I said. I said, maybe this message is not popular. Maybe when you preach this message, you're not going to have multitudes coming to your church. But maybe when you tell people their problems and you tell them to, to do certain things and you tell them to bring certain things, they resonate more with those kind of messages. And so people flock to hear those messages where they are going to get it now, now. And when they get it now, now, they leave now, now. And when there's a problem, they come back. So it's more like a supermarket shopping type of thing. They see God as a supermarket where they go to shop when they need to replenish it. But what Jesus came to give to us, he came to give to us a relationship. Somebody say relationship. That's the greatest asset you can ever have. That was what the man, the king, uh, the, the, the man, yeah, told the, the, the son. He said, all that I have, the prodigal son, the second son, he said, all that I have belongs to you. Everything in this house belongs to you. Everything. So let's look forward. Let's long for the relationship of God. Let's worship God. Not because we have a problem or because we have a need. Let's go to God in prayer and let's just worship him. Kenny Hagin at one point was writing in his book. He said he just told God that he didn't have a problem. He just came to worship him. He just came to pray and just have fellowship with him. And that change just revolutionizes his lifestyle. Some of us, the only time we remember to pray is because we have to pay house rent, we have to pay bills, we have, we have belittled God to the level of bills. God is the almighty God. He created everything. He's bigger than bills. Hallelujah. So what Jesus Christ came to do is to give us a divine and direct access to him so that when we can lift up holy hands and we can worship him and we can have a romance with him. Hallelujah. And our lives will not be the same again. Please don't follow man. Follow Jesus. Worship God. Worship Jesus. Hallelujah. Let your hearts be open, you know, and Every other thing will just begin to fall in place. Begin to fall in place. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. So I don't want to share briefly on some important information 
to note this end time, some important information to note this end time. That's what I want to share with you today. If you want to take that as a message, that's fine. I just want to share with you some important information to note this end time. And um, if we read Matthew chapter 24, let's read Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. If you don't mind, I want to read it from the Passion Translation. I like it. I like the Passion Translation. Matthew, just hold on. Let me quickly get it from the internet. Yes. TPT. The Passion Translation. Matthew chapter 24. It's trying to come up. All right. Let's go. I'll, I'll take it again from verse 3. Later, when they arrived at the Mount of Olives, his disciples came privately to where he was sitting and said, Tell us. When will these things happen, and what signs shall, be, shall we expect to signal your coming and the completion of this age? Which means at the end of the age, there's, the world will definitely end. That's what we were trying to say. And Jesus answered, at that time, at that time, deception will run rampant. This is Jesus talking. Beware that you are not fooled. For many will appear on the scene claiming my authority of saying, about themselves, I am the anointed one, and they will lead many astray. What Jesus was saying is that so many people will come and say, I am the Christ, I am the Christ. He said, do not believe them. They are false. Verse 6, you will hear of wars and revolutions on every side, okay, with more rumors of wars to come. Don't panic or give in to your fears, for the breaking part of the world's systems is destined to happen. Sorry, the breaking apart. That's what he said. This, you see, this is one of the reasons I want to read this TPT. I like the way he, they put it here. He said, don't panic or give in to your fears for the breaking apart of the world systems is destined to happen. Did you see that? So you see, Jesus has already mentioned it. The world systems are going to begin to fall apart. That's what I was telling you on, 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 on Friday don't expect that the world will get better. Do you get? Don't expect that because, you see, a lot of things are going to begin to happen that will lead to the end of the age. It's just what it is. It's what Jesus has said. It's a prophecy that will definitely come to pass. Jesus has said it. But it won't yet be the end. So what he's saying is that even when the world systems are falling apart, the end has still not happened. It will still be unfolding. Okay? Seven, nations will go, will go to war against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will, there will be terrible earthquakes, horrible epidemics and famines epidemics like you know diseases all kinds of diseases of viruses and what we have right now 
and famines in place after place. This is how the birth pains and the new age will begin. So Jesus is even saying, even when you see all of these things, all the coronavirus, COVID-19, and all the disease that you hear, they are just the beginning. They are not the end of the age. It's like a woman who wants to give birth. She feels the birth pain. That's what Jesus explained. So by the time she's feeling the birth pain, maybe her water will burst before the baby will come out. So Jesus is saying, it's just a birth pain. So all the issues you see in the world today, vis-a-vis the diseases, they are birth, birth pain. So if a pastor begins to prophesy how beautiful and things are going to be on the earth, I begin to ask myself, do they really see this place? Jesus has already said it. As we enter every new year, there are going to be things that will happen that will be a minus on the earth. That's the truth. I still repeat, I'm not a prophet of doom. I tell you the truth. I am an ardent follower of Jesus. I am an ardent follower of Jesus. I am unrepentant. It is what Jesus says that I follow. That's the truth. If you don't know anything about me, I am telling you this. I am an ardent follower, an incorrigible follower of Jesus. So Jesus is saying, you hear of COVID-19, you hear of this, you hear of rituals, and all the dirty things, corruption happening in the world. Jesus is saying they are just the beginning of the birth pangs. It's just the beginning. So when we enter 2022, you are going to expect more of that. You're going to expect more of that. It's It's not strange. That's the plain truth. Verse 9. You can expect to be persecuted, even killed, for you will be hated by all nations because of the love you have for me. So everyone that loves Jesus will not be loved by anybody. That's, it's normal with what is happening in the world. Then many will stop following me and fall away. A lot of persons will backslide, and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many lines, prophets will arise, deceiving multitude and leading them away from the path of truth. There will be such an increase of, of, of sin. Did you see that? There will be increase in sin, lawlessness, and, they will, and those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. That's what Jesus is saying. Recall, I told you during the end of your service, there is a spirit of lukewarmness that has been blown by the enemy. Listen, the devil's days are numbered because Jesus is coming back soon. So he's doing everything possible to get as many people to hell as possible. But hold your hope. Firmly to the end, and you will experience life and deliverance. That's what Jesus said. So number one thing I want to share with you, number one, we are living in the last days, and the second coming of Christ is near. You can see that from what I've read in this Matthew chapter 24 and 2 Timothy chapter 3, you will see it there that we are living in the last days. We are living in the last days. So everything that has been prophesied by Jesus has gradually been coming to pass. Gradually be coming to pass. That's the truth. Theologians and scientists have seen that the most authentic book in the world is the Bible. 
everything that the Bible has prophesied or have said has come to pass. And the one that has not come to pass, one of them that have not come to pass is the second coming of Christ. And it will surely come to pass. Because all the events, are you getting it now? All the events are gradually leading there. In those days, 20 years ago, would you have thought that they would put a chip in, in somebody's body? Are you aware that they are putting chips right now? Are you aware of that? Yeah, they are putting chips. Could you have thought, how could you have thought that they will, they will, how would the 666, the mark of the beast, be on somebody's hand and be on somebody's, you know, forehead? How could you have thought that? So the whole technology, the whole machinery is gradually leading to that. You see, that's what it is. So, you see, it's not something you pray against. You cannot pray against the end of the world. You cannot pray against the second coming of Christ. Are you God? Even if you tell God, Jesus, you didn't come back again. God cannot grant you that prayer. Because even Jesus said he's coming back. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Are you getting it now? We are living in the last days and the second coming of Christ is near. How do I know it's near? Because the signs are there. How do you know somebody has malaria? You say, oh, doctor will ask. Ah. Um, what, is, what are the symptoms? Ah, my waist, body pain, my mouth is bitter, I don't have appetite, I have fever, and all of that. Oh, this looks like malaria. Let me see your eye. Open your eye. This looks like malaria. Okay, let me confirm. Go and do tests. Go and do MP. You go and do malaria tests, and the result will come and say, ah, it's true. MP is there. Plus one, plus two, whatever it is. And it will give you malaria medicine. That's how it is. The signs are there. The problem is that we men are not alert. We don't look at the signs. What we look at are the things that we want. That is the trick of the enemy. The enemy is removing our, our attention from the fact that things are rolling and rolling fast. And he's putting the attention on things that are not necessary. Number two. For each year that comes, the world will not get better. As the world gets closer to the end, there will be more issues and problems. I just read Matthew chapter 24. I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm telling you from the scriptures. So because the world will not get better, it's therefore an opportunity for you and I to make impact. What impact? To win more souls, to preach the good news of, of Jesus to people, to let them realize that this world will surely end one day, to let them know that there is a kingdom where holiness and righteousness reigns. Hallelujah. There is a kingdom where you are on top of things, where you can cast out demons and devils, where you can heal the sick. There is a kingdom where you would take deadly things and it will not hurt you. So it is an opportunity. See, the best time to preach the gospel is now. The best time, I repeat, the best time to preach the gospel is now. But you see, you will not preach the gospel because you are laden with issues of life. And that is a trick of the enemy. That is why I'm your pastor. I am your pastor. You see, there are certain things God has opened my eyes to see. My God, if I tell you certain things God has told me in my secret place, you will fear. But as we move on, I will review these things. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I don't need to do like this. 
wear white garments with red something and tie this thing and say, I carry water and begin to sprinkle it. I don't need to do all of that. All those are, they don't, it's not necessary. I can still wear clean suit like this. I can still look good like this. I will be composed. I can and still say the truth. You don't need to go around and do like this, do like this, do like this, do like this. Do all those kind of things before you now say, yes, yes. It's not necessary. All the prophecy that Jesus was, all the prophecy that Jesus did, was he doing all of that? He was a calm man. He was relaxed and yarn, he yarn, normal. The yarn, normal. When you see some people, you think that they have taken alcohol or taken something. That's why they That's why I just wonder. Number three, the world will end someday. Very true. Matthew 24, verse 14. And this is what Jesus said. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will what? The end will come. So Jesus said the end will come one day. So it is not in your power to stop it. Number four. No man knows the time when the world will end, not even the angels in heaven. Matthew 24, verse 36. This is very important. Because you see on social media and different things, people begin to give dates. Look at what Jesus said. He said, but of the day and hour, no man knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Did you see that? Even Jesus at that time said he didn't know. Maybe he knows now, and now he's with the Father. I don't know. But... Even the angels don't even know when the end will come. They don't even know. See, if anybody begins to broadcast, the end will come 2022, October 30th. That person is the first prophet. Even angels don't even know. Angels don't even know. When the Jesus was about to go up, I mean ascend, Acts chapter 1, they asked him, he said, can you or will you restore the kingdom now to Israel? And Jesus said, listen, it's not in my power. We don't even know when all of these things will happen. But one thing I'm sure, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So what you should be, you know, serious about is the power that you are going to receive. And I said, tarry you in Jerusalem until you are endowed with the power from on high. What Jesus was saying is that the one way consign you, make you follow that one. The one way not consign you, leave them. The same way, when Jesus has finished dealing with Peter and said, lovest thou me more than this? And Peter said, you know I love you. Three times he had that conversation. I, I think there's something about three. I'd like to talk about that. Three. The, the number three. Yes. Exhortation. Yes. Who's talking there? Yes. Exhortation. You know, third day, you know, Peter denying him three times. This three. Something about three. Third day type of thing. Pastor Patrick preach on that someday. The way you are looking at me, Revelation go did you for that one. There are certain numbers, three, seven, twelve. Yes, five, two. You know, all those numbers. Let's let's have a teaching on that. Deacon Patrick, please. And Kingsley, I mean. Let's have a teaching on that one day. So after he told Peter for the third time. And as they were leaving, they saw the disciple that Jesus loved. That is John, John the Beloved. And he said, how about this guy? 
Peter asked, how about this guy? And Jesus said, leave this guy alone. If it is my intention for him to live forever, as the case may be, what does that, does that consign you? In other words, leave this guy and you do the one that I have told you. I like Jesus, the way he handled matters. Both when he was here and when he resurrected, they were on point. Hallelujah. On point. Number five, the second coming of Christ is to make every believer happy and joyous, not fret or fearful. As I preach this message now, my brother, not be to make you fear. It's to give you happiness. Hallelujah. There's nothing that makes me happy or happier when I talk about the second coming of Christ. Jesus Christ. If you read down that Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talking about how he's going to come in his glory and the world is going to see him and they're going to say, wow, this is him. This is the Messiah. If you, are you aware that even right now in Israel, they are still waiting for the Messiah. When he shows up, they'll say, wow, this is Jesus. This is him. This is the Messiah, the anointed one. Oh, and so I'm going to lament. So I'm going to oh, say, what? Oh, so I'm going to feel bad and all of that. And then he's going to gather his saints. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you not excited about that? Oh, Jesus, how glorious it will be for my life. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, how glorious. How glorious. Jesus said, I'm going to gather the saints. And we're going to, everybody, we're going to go and we're going to meet him in the air. We're going to meet him in the air. Oh, what supernatural force. We're going to meet him in the air. We're going to leave all these things. We're going to meet him in the air. We'll meet him in the air. And we're going to reign with Jesus Christ. We're going to reign with Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I feel emotional about this. We're going to reign with him. If you're born again, you are, you, are, you are a precious gem. You don't know what you've got. You don't know what you've got. You want more than billions. You want more than trillions of dollars. Any man who has trillions of dollars and don't have Jesus would we only occupy a small casket when he's going. That's the, that's the best they can give to you. A small casket, small. Just, just, maybe the casket will be expensive. I don't know how much it will cost, but come on. You don't want the one signing the check to buy the casket in the first place. And they're going to put him in the f- six feet. That's the end. That's the end. But you that are born again, you that have known Jesus, you that have the character and the nature of Christ, the Bible says you will be caught up in the air and you meet him up. Oh, Lord Jesus, this is good. This is glorious. Are you not happy this morning? Are you not happy that you're born again? Hallelujah. Now listen to this, number six. The responsibility of the believer is to say a lot, ready, prepared. Let me quickly read for you Matthew chapter 24, verse 42. Matthew 24, verse 42. I think, let me read it from the Passion. Yeah, there's something in there that I want to show you. Verse 42, Matthew 24, verse 42. Great, great. Okay. All right. Okay, let me read verse 42. He said, verse 42 said, okay, let me read from verse 41. He said, 
or 40. At that time, two men will be walking on the farm, and one will be taken away in judgment, and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain, one will be taken away in judgment, and the other left. Verse 42. Then, sorry, this is why you must stay alert. Because no one knows the day the Lord will come. So, in other words, be ready, be prepared. Hallelujah. Nothing should take away the joy of your salvation. Be ready, be prepared. Number seven. The devil is the enemy of man and the church. He fights the church. Let me tell you the truth. Take this to the bank. Take this to the bank. Man is not your enemy. Man. It's not your enemy. Your enemy is the devil. The Bible says our enemy or our enemy, as the case may be, the devil. He goes about, he rolls like a lion. He's seeking him whom he will, he will devour. The enemy is the devil. But he's very intelligent and smart. He makes you think that your fellow uncle, your aunties, and the people somewhere, you people who don't like you or you don't like are your enemies. No, the devil is your enemy. And the people he fights is, number one, man. Okay? But he's been defeated now because Jesus Christ said he's the propitiation for our sins. So every man's sin has been paid for by Jesus. So what he fights now are the Christians. Because the people who don't believe in Christ, well, they don't believe they are condemned. Now, the people who don't believe in, who believe in Christ, the church, he fights the church. The number one enemy of the church is the devil. How does he fight the church? I'll give you four strategies. God opened my eyes to see these things. Hallelujah. Number one is true false doctrine. False doctrine, if you read Matthew chapter 16, 1 to 2, Jesus was talking. He said, beware of the leaven of the scribes and Pharisees. Jesus Christ was talking about beware of the false doctrine of scribes and Pharisees. What are false doctrines? False doctrines are things that take the attention away from Jesus and put the attention on man. Simple. When any doctrine that takes it from Jesus that try to dampen what Christ has done on the cross. And he removed that doctrine and now places it on man or places it on him, the devil. That is false doctrine. False. And there are plenty of them. I don't have time to decipher all of them. There are plenty of them. I will have time one day and I will talk about them. Number two, how does he fight the church? He fights the church through identity crisis. I just mentioned it. How he came to Jesus. I was talking about turning stone to bread. But Jesus was the son of God that didn't need all of that. So when the devil begins to fight your identity, how does he do that? He fights your identity in your mind to make you believe that the reason you don't have money is because you are truly not saved. It makes you believe that the state you are now, you cannot go further than this. As I'm even talking now, some people have fear that they will not go to heaven. That's not the point. He puts fear in your heart and minister evil to you. But listen, if you are truly born again, how do you know? The Bible says that the spirit bears witness in our spirit, hallelujah, that we are the sons of God. So you know there is a court 
The Bible says, didn't we know our heart burned when Jesus was talking to those two guys on their way to Emmaus? They said, ah, no wonder that is Christ. Our heart burned when he talked to us. I know that I'm born again. I know that I'm the son of God. I know that I'm a child of God. God speaks to me. I have the Holy Ghost that attests to that. Hallelujah. Number three, disunity. Listen to me. One of the things, if you read the book of John and Jesus about to leave, one of the things that Jesus emphasized more was the unity of the disciples. Why? Because he knows if the devil can make them to be disunited, the job he did is zero. The job he did is zero. I fight this unity with all my heart. I fight it. If I see it, I go after it. That is why I don't like cliques. I don't like it. When people form clusters and they push away the other guys, it's an avenue for the devil to run things. I'm telling you the truth, church, for real. We've got to be united. We've got to be bonded. See, if you are bonded and united as a team, you will win. It's not about being a champion. It's about being a team. Listen to this. A team. Eh? A team that's so bonded and united and they have one mind. They can do great things than a team that is not bonded, but filled with champions, not united, they will not do anything. This is what I mean. Take a Messi. Take Ronaldo. Take Giorgino. Who is the best defender in the world right now? Who is the best defender? Help me. Who is the best defender? Okay, take Thiago Silva. Take Ramsdale. Take good goalkeeper, put everything, all the champions, and they put everything together. And, and they are not united to play together. There was a certain country that went to African Cup of Nations. Two of their champions, they were beefing each other. I won't call the name of the country, the name of their. It was life. They were beefing each other. Two champions who play in the, in the in European League, big league. They, were, they didn't talk, they were not talking to themselves in camp. One had one camp. They were big boys. They had money and they were the one controlling the, the other players. The other players were not as big as they are. So one had one camp and the other one had the other camp. And so when they got to the field of play, the, the coach couldn't remove them because, I mean, well, how did I go start? And he fielded them. They lost woefully because he, there was a particular game, life. The other guy was very close to the goal. Just squared the ball to him and he would score. When he looked up, it was his enemy that was there. He said, no, nothing for you. He rather wanted to do the shining. And he couldn't score. And the country was booted out for the competition. I am not a fan of champions. Nobody is a champion. Only Jesus is the champion. We must be united. How the devil kills the church is disunity. When you are not having the same mind. Is a problem. You think I don't know? On my knees, I have prayed for this church. On my knees, I have prayed for church. When I see pastors fighting themselves, it grieves my heart. When I see people, Christians, child of God, they are talking against men of God, it breaks my heart. That is not how we do it in the kingdom. In the kingdom, we are peacemakers. 
with all due respect, somebody called me yesterday and he said, a lot of things happened in 2021 and he was referring to one particular thing. And he said, God opened my eyes to know who you are. And he prayed for me for a lot of minutes. And I was saying amen. I was saying amen. I was saying amen. You must be a peacemaker. When you see Christians fighting, don't join any clique. Bring them together. When you see Christians don't talk to themselves, don't join any clique. What do you do? Reconcile them. That's the spirit of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll give you the last one that will end today. Offenses. 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 A lot of people are backslidden because of offense. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 11, Paul was talking about offense. He was talking about offense strictly. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 11, he was talking about offense. He said, least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. If there he was talking about a brother, offense, you know, if I forgive the brother, you also should forgive the brother, you know, because you have to be also be cautious because you yourself should not be tempted. Now, what Paul was talking about was not saying just temptation. He said, don't take yourself, don't think because this brother has committed this offense that you are better than the brother. A lot of us are like that. A lot of us are like that. Somebody has committed a sin. And so you think you are better than the person who has committed the sin. I don't know why in church, I don't know why in church we, we pass judgment too easily. Why do we invoke the repercussion of sin? Are you God? Let God handle the matter. God is the one that will say you are free or not. I mean, let God handle matter. Why, when somebody commit mistake or an error or commit sin, why would they carry on for head? The highest you can do is to cancel and pray. Cancel and pray. Jesus told me something a few days ago. He said, do not concentrate on the errors and mistakes of people. Correct them through the love that I have given you. Ah, powerful word. I say, Father, your hands up. Do not concentrate on the errors of people or the mistakes that they make, but correct them through the love that I have shown you. Lastly, guilt. Guilt. God has not given you guilt. I say here today, guilt is a very bad thing. The devil uses guilt to send people to hell. What is guilt that you don't believe that Jesus has forgiven you? If Jesus forgave you, why are you still guilty? You are not guilty anymore. You are not guilty anymore. Hallelujah. Rise up on your feet this morning. Time will fail me to talk about the things that will happen in 2022. Maybe I, was talk about, I talked about that yesterday. You can get the tape. Maybe you can, um, maybe God give grace next week before the message. I will talk about it. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord. Lift up your hands this morning. What a mighty God we serve.
What is 2022 in the offing? What a God that will take us to higher levels and higher realms. Hallelujah. What a God that will give us the grace and the capacity to tap into the supernatural. Hallelujah. Please make sure you get the tape of the message and listen all over again. Listen all over again and let it enter your fiber. Let it enter your system. In the name of Jesus Christ. I have said a lot of things today through the auction of the Lord. And anyone that concerns you, please take it and run with it. Take it and run with it. Take it and run with it. If you are backsliding today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Yes. Everyone that is under the influence of backsliding, Satan, you know, you know, you know. You know you cannot get this one. You know you cannot get this one now. You know you cannot get this one. You have lost the battle. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Every ministration that you are giving to that brother, that sister. Oh, le kapata, to go back to vomit, to his vomit, to have vomit. I rebuke you. Lose your grip. Lose your hold in the name of Jesus. I see people that will worship God in spirit and in truth in 2022. I see people that will run with the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. I see people that are blessed. That are full of the anointing of God in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, the devil is a liar. God has delivered a family. There is a family here. The devil's plan is to, is to separate you. But it's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. God is bringing you back together. God is bringing you back together. In the name of Jesus. There is an anointing for divine healing here. For everyone that is under mental stress. Depression. I rebuke you demon of repression. Get out and enter no more. In the name of Jesus Christ. I see people serving God. With all that they have. In 2022. In Jesus name. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real, influence your world.